Salutations! Woo! And welcome Woo! to the third. Oh, who the fuck cares? We just won a championship! How am I supposed to do introductions? How am I supposed to do a normal show? Are you kidding me? We just won our second championship in a row! You want me to say, oh, Andy's coming to you live! Let's flip a coin! Who cares? We just won again! Again! Another title? Are you out of your mind? This is unbelievable! Yeah. This doesn't happen! This is not normal! That's the main thing that I walked around the entire after party, the on the field, and then at the tailgate zone afterwards, and then at the against the grain. Yeah. All I could really think the whole time was, this isn't normal. Nope. Andy Frederick, my partner, I'm Evan Floyd. You're at the In the House podcast. Who cares? Let's talk about a championship. Because yeah. we just won another one. Another one. Back to back. Back to back. The first time in USL history. First time ever. Back to back. And I, we're the second team to get two. Right? Uh, I, I don't even really know who all's got this. It doesn't matter. We the, want it back to back. It doesn't matter. The problem with the USL is they've rebranded and reintegrated and done enough like they the modern era. It's all very it's all very confused. Right. All we need to know is that currently we're the we're definitely the only team to go back to back. And of the modern era, we're the only ones who've won two, I think. No, Orlando City might have. I don't even know. Somebody, it doesn't matter. But we have two. Back to back. No. And they're <laughs> back to back. Back to back championships. What did we do to get this lucky? What did we do, Andy? What happened? Man, I don't know. I mean, you got to start with quality club leadership. Oh. We give, without a doubt. We give, everybody gave Steve Livingstone a lot of grief. Mm-hmm. We give Brad a lot of grief about not knowing soccer. We, I, I didn't ever personally have much to do with Amanda Duffy, and it seemed like she did a fine job. But if you start with the leadership group, they've clearly put people in a place to succeed because we have continuously succeeded. And if you want to give James O'Connor a lot of credit for developing this team and putting the team together in the first place, I'm down. Like they, He deserves a ton of credit. To, yeah. Unbelievable what was built and he was clearly integral in building it but also it's Mm self-sustaining so either you give him a ton of credit for just bringing in the kind of guys who could do this under any circumstances yeah or you give just the guys themselves a ton of credit and say these are soccer players this was a team these guys played together they clearly enjoyed playing together Mm -hmm. and won back-to-back titles this team the, the second title, this game against Phoenix, it, I think it featured nine of the 11 starters from the previous season. Yeah. Uh, from the previous championship game. Uh, continuity, uh, excellence. There's no... Mm-hmm. Uh, it is now four days later, five days later, and I'm still just at a loss for words about what this club did, what they accomplished. It's it's amazing. Yeah, you gotta you gotta imagine. I would. There's something special about the fans of Louisville City. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, and it's not just from watching away games against people with empty stadiums. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not just that, right? And it's not just 
you can't say that it's the number of fans because, I mean, Cincinnati had a ton of fans that would fill up Nipper. You, you bet. I feel like it's something distinctly different about the diehard Louisville City fans who come here. And even if you're not a diehard fan, you either over the course of a season become one mm-hmm. or you genuinely understand what this team means to this city. Uh-huh. And that's the other thing is that, you know, people always said, why doesn't Louisville have a pro team? Why doesn't Louisville have any pro team? And everybody always said, well, we have U of L basketball. It's a college we town. We have U of UK basketball. Kentucky has – no, 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 no. I think this satisfies that need of a pro team. And I think people realize that. So even if you have your casual fans who maybe they didn't make it to every single game, right? Maybe they didn't brave weather that we did. They still understand how important it is to the city. And I think a lot of that mixes together to become this this beautiful chocolate pie that the team feasts on yeah, and wins championships with. And they do. And I think you're right. I mean, I think that... This word gets bandied about a lot when we talk about soccer clubs and its culture, but it's it's so obviously true when it comes to the Louisville City Football Club that they have built something here that is not just, you know, a player. It's not just a yeah. coach. It's not just a season. Uh, we've talked on this program about how attendance was maybe not what we had really hoped it was going to be this year. But the one thing that I felt was that the attendance this year was better, not the number, but the level yeah. and quality of the attendance that we had. The fans who were there went from being, you know, oh, a couple of supporters groups, the Coopers mm-hmm. are great, isn't that awesome, to even no matter where you sat in the stadium or who you stood next to or what was going on, it felt like the level of education of the fans oh, increased. It felt like the level of commitment from the fans increased. And it changed from being a cool thing that was building and growing into something to the point where I feel I feel completely confident in saying mm-hmm. that if tomorrow Louisville City announced that they were going to play a game against, you know, uh, farmers from Wisconsin mm-hmm. on a field in Iowa, 800 people would show up to that. Yeah. Like they'd be like, you know what? All right, we'll be out there. Because that's the level of commitment you feel to this team now. Mm-hmm. And they love this team. I mean, obviously you and I are no exception here. But the, the, the fanhood, but also the self-sustaining nature of the club itself. Yeah. We're gonna, there's going to be some turnover in players this year. I just talked about the guys that we had from year on year. Mm-hmm. Some of these guys are going to be gone. Like, they just are. And, we're get, and some of these guys might not even be moving on to something new. You may just see Coach Hackworth want to bring in his, some of his yeah. guys. And uh, some guys that we've grown accustomed to and used to who've played great for us mm-hmm. may just not be able to get spots. And I still feel 100% confident that this club is being run by people who keep a constant eye on what the team means to the people. Yeah, They wouldn't put out a subpar product. No. Uh, maybe we don't win a championship next year, although I can't imagine what that feels like. Uh, maybe it's maybe it's you know a fourth place team next year, and you know we just win a playoff game, right? Or don't win a playoff game. I feel like this team can weather that now mm-hmm. in a way that we couldn't have even after the first title. I think if right. we had come out this year and laid an egg, you wouldn't have seen the growth of the fan base 
that we saw this year. And again, not even necessarily in numbers, just in terms of passion, yeah. the growth of this fan base. To the point where instead of, you know, maybe we'll have 9,000 a night and 4,000 of them going crazy, mm-hmm. it's maybe we'll have 7,000 a night, but 6,500 of them are going to be going crazy. Yeah. That's the kind of growth that I'm really thinking that we got to see this year from this championship team. Uh, I want to talk about the game. Mm-hmm. But before we talk about the game, let's talk about the game day experience. I thought Lynn was awesome. There was a lot of too. there was a lot of talk about what Lynn Stadium was going to be like, how is so few, how many fewer people and it wasn't our real home stadium and blah 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 blah. I thought it was awesome. I thought it was great. It's a beautiful, I mean, it's a beautiful pitch. Like, it's a mm. beautiful stadium. There, No matter where you were, you had a great view of the game. You were still right there. Yep. Um, and, you know, it's set up so that even with 7,000 people in it, you go from, you know, a 10,000-person playoff game, and last year's championship we had 14,000 in Slugger, but even with 7,000 people... The roar from the crowd Ooh. was just deafening. It was great. And Lynn Stadium is set up like a soccer stadium. Yeah. And that's what happens. The acoustics are great. And it still felt, like you said, like everyone was there. Well, and it was one of those things where you knew that there was nobody in that stadium who didn't desperately want to be there. This was not a game where it was like, yeah, oh, there are tickets available for, oh, it's a championship game? Yeah, yeah I'll, no. I'll, I'll go check that out. Every person in the stadium that day wanted desperately to be in the stadium. This was they, not the, the uh, maybe I'll just casually go to a soccer game. It's like, no, 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 no. It almost you have felt. To, you have to call immediately. Yeah. You have to, people went through scalpers for this. People went through ticket services to get tickets. Mm-hmm. In the end. Everybody who was at that stadium was crazy and pumped to be there. Uh, I'll take a moment to give some kudos to the traveling Phoenix fans. We saw bunches of them, and I thought they were great. They were fun to chat with before the game. Uh, I thought that they all comported themselves with, you know, aplomb. And yeah, that there were some, there were some, you know, where we were in Scouse's house, we were right up on the rail and it was a main, right so in we front got to of a main thoroughfare and watch everybody walk in. We yeah. had, we hot fived a few of them, you know, thanks for being here. This is going to be an awesome game no matter what. Like it's a long trip home if you lose yeah. that sort of thing, but they were very <laughs> cool about it. And, uh, I, I really, I, I was, I, 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 my respect for that organization grew from how they, uh, contended themselves for this match. But yeah. regardless of the play on the field, I thought that the fans and the organization that I met were all top class, and I was I was pleased to have them be our opponents mm-hmm. this year, even more so than I felt with Swope last year. Oh, yeah. that and But some of that, again, is the close quarters of Lynn. We got a little more face-to-face, one-on-one time with these kinds of, with uh, other people. And so that was nice. I thought that the stands that were set up were awesome. The bleachers. Holy crap. Uh, I was not what I expected. No, I was picturing like Little League Baseball yeah. metal risers. Like aluminum. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, this no. was not that. <laughs> no, these were these were beautiful. And again, huge kudos go to the front office for uh, making that happen because it felt like Scouse's house. Yeah. And that's saying something. 
to, to transport Scouse's house over into a new building is not an easy accomplishment. Uh, I thought that uh, security worked with this great for uh, the Scouse's house people to be able to sit in their customary uh, spots. Absolutely. And showing respect to supporters groups like that is a huge, it's a huge symbol of uh, what what they value. And it's not that they didn't value every person's viewing experience, but they know that the club goes as the supporter culture goes. Yeah. And uh, the Coopers and Scouse's House and the Groove Machine and, frankly, the Heretics and the Ultras and yeah. everybody, amazing. Yeah, like, well, and it makes you feel, when you're part of a supporters group, it makes you feel that much more part of the team. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you and I have talked many times before, like, and we make the joke, but really, I think in our heart of hearts, we're probably only half joking when we say, like, no, the, the team needs us. Like, we yeah. need to be here. Like, yeah. the team needs us. The team needs the Coopers. The team needs me in my spot. Yeah, we have host. to be here, you yeah. know? And I think soccer, just by its nature, garners that kind of madness. Agreed. Almost. You know what I mean? And... Yeah, the security did great. I thought everybody was very respectful, not running onto the field as much as you wanted to. I'm sure. Um, I, ran, I ran on the field, but for but you, you had a media pass. It doesn't count. Yeah, they actually let me on the field. Yeah, no, and everybody. Uh, it was hilarious though because when they blew the whistle, you immediately heard Lance screaming into the oh, microphone yeah. not to run onto the Don't field. Don't do it. <laughs> um. The 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 final whistle to me was all blur. Honestly, I I I remember hugging my wife. I remember hugging Scouse, you and David, mm-hmm. getting some high fives in. And then in my mind, I was just thinking, I have no idea where I'm supposed to go, so I'm just gonna head towards the field and see yeah. what happens. Um, but the elation, and there was so much noise, and there was so much cheering and hugging and screaming, oh, and uh, I. I couldn't. I couldn't keep my head on straight. Uh, to be fair, there had been a lot of purple stuff already that day. Yeah. At that point, a lot of purple stuff, but it was, it was unreal. So to get to that point, though, let's talk a little bit about the game. Okay. Um, I think it was like a lot of cup finals, especially cup finals where the teams don't see each other all year. Mm-hmm. It was sloppy for a good chunk of the game. We- we always start out chippy, like we not chippy, but we always start out kind of. You, you can you can see us for the first 15, 20 minutes of a game, feeling it out, feeling it out. Like, okay, how are we going to do this? How are yep. we going to play this? But this, I feel like you got that for about forty minutes. Really, the first half was right, it, and it was. Uh, I mean, it didn't feel like there were a ton of great chances. Obviously, Drogba took the uh, the PK, or the PK, the he took the. Uh, Free kick early and uh, challenged Greg, and that was like, oh wow, look at this! It was it was a nice free kick and a really nice save. Uh, Phoenix had the nice run after Drogba did the little flick on to Johnson. They had a nice run with uh, Freighter, the replacement striker for yeah. Cortez, and uh, they took the shot that deflected off a of Paco, and mm-hmm. Greg had to make another great save. We had a couple down in their end that uh, we skied or sent wide early. But, I mean, it never really felt like, oh, yeah, we're about to score. And it never really felt no. like, oh, they're about to score. It was a lot of just feeling each other out and yeah. the ball trading hands a lot. We had the better run of possession, but not really threatening possession. 
the first half was, I mean, frankly, if it was just a Wednesday night in July, it wouldn't have been a very exciting or great game. But like I say, these two teams don't know each other at all. Right. And also don't want to make the big mistake. Right. In your head, you're thinking, I probably can't win this game for us in the first 20 minutes, but I could probably lose it for us. Yeah. And so everybody just wants to not make the big mistake. Yeah, you don't want to take the big chances. You don't want to play too long of a ball down the field. Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm. yeah. And so uh, there's not a whole lot going on. Uh, one of the highlights for me, they've been posting this all over Twitter today, and it was one of the highlights for me was uh, pa- uh, Paolo making the great sliding tackle oh, in yeah. midfield where he uh, does the back heel to pull it out after he does the sliding tackle. Man, the crowd went crazy for that play. Beast. Uh, one of my favorite non of not the goal was uh, seeing Ownby snake his oh way gosh. through the whole field. He got the ball right outside of midfield and then just went on our. I kind of thought for sure he had that. Goal. It looked like, like he would. It really one, looked like he had. It. I think he may have been a little gassed at the end of that run and one I won't say lazy touch, but one not perfect touch, and it was an easy clearance for them. But I mean, it was it was clear that he was threatening. He threatened throughout the night. Oh, right? yeah. Ownby, probably the player of the game to me again. You knew he, I mean, yeah, as you knew he would be. Not having Cam out there, I think, changed some of the spacing assignments. But uh, Luke, I thought, battled great in the middle. Um, Ilya was not a huge factor in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and frankly, I didn't feel like uh, Niall or George were either. I felt like the wings were the yeah. were the big part of this. A lot there of was play from Oscar, a lot of play from Kyle, yeah. yeah. And then uh, I thought the back line just did exactly what they're supposed to do, what they've done all year. Alexi and Paco turned into just a tremendous partnership. And I think it's fun to think about, you know, the evolution of the back line. When we started the season, it was a three-man back line of Paco with Tosh and McMahon. Mm -hmm. And then by the end of the year, it's a four-man back line with only two center backs being Paco and Alexi. Completely different look. uh, Clearly effective. Very clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Those two settled into a great rhythm with each oh other. Oh, my gosh. I think down the last 10 games, the 10-game winning streak, I mm-hmm. think they uh, they conceded five goals in the back line. So Greg making big saves and the back line just looking like a fortress. Mm-hmm. And they continue that in this game. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the goal. Okay. I don't want to... I'm going to go ahead and say this. Okay. There are people who heard me say this. There are people who can back this up and verify it. Going into halftime, mm-hmm. I announced to anybody who would listen, we're going to score in the 63rd minute. We're going to score in the 63rd. We're going to score in the 63rd. You did. I will be I will be your witness. You did say it. And then when did we score? Come yeah. on. It was pretty awesome. Uh, I I honestly didn't realize we had scored in the minute I'd predicted until much later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, no, cleanly taken corner from Oscar. Mm-hmm. Not perfect. It wasn't like one of those ones where somebody can just rise up and score. Paco does a nice job of keeping it at our end and aiming it back across the box. Mm-hmm. Alexi then tries to put it home, and yeah. there's nothing. There's just a wall a of Phoenix. Of uh, then it uh, bounces out, uh, or uh, that was when uh, Ilya tried the bicycle. The bicycle, yeah, and uh, didn't didn't exactly pull it off. Uh, a little mistimed, a little uh, maybe a little ambitious. Yeah, 
Aggressive. Mate, it was can you, aggressive. Can you imagine if he'd sunk that, God. though? We'd be talking about that for 100 years. God, if that had been the goal. Whew. Yeah, we would We would be discussing that on our dying days. But it wasn't. No. Um, the ball bounces out. Paolo takes a rip at mm-hmm. it. They make a nice clearance. And then Luke's just like, you know what? Here's a spot. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pounding this in. Yeah. And he just rifled that oh, thing. Oh, man. I uh, he he was interviewed on the Barrel Proof podcast at the party last night and uh, Barrel Proof and he said that he actually had a little bit of time to to think where do I want to go with this how do I you know what what am I where am I going to aim it in the moment it was you know the crowd's just you can sort of feel oh, it yeah. building like they haven't cleared this ball yet that ball is still in the Would box you, we, this might fall to us I've watched that replay a thousand times probably and during that whole back and forth. You can hear, all, and it happened in front of Scouse's house, and you can hear the entire stadium, like, just rise, like, the yelling just rise and rise and rise, and then he gets it, and it just explodes. Like, the place just explodes. All right. I've been debating back and forth about whether or not I wanted to mention a specific occurrence that happened right then. I don't know. I haven't talked to you about this yet. I'm not going to name the name. I'm not going to because I don't know how clear we are at this point. I don't know how far into the there's no possible repercussions for this person we are. Someone from the Scouse's house area, I'll Mm -hmm. say, as soon as the goal was scored, everybody goes rushing over into the corner, dogpile on Luke. Mm -hmm. The fourth person who made it there was a person, a fan from our area who ran out onto the field, couldn't contain themselves, jumped the fence, and ran out onto the field and joined the dog pile with the Lou City team. No. Yes. And this is a loyal listener of the pod, so I know you're out there. And if you want to tweet that it was you, then go ahead and tweet that it was you. I'm not going to sell you out in case there are any possible uh, any possible things. I'll tell you who it was in a little bit here, Andy, and show you the video. But, uh, <laughs> oh but yes, if you watch the replays carefully and if you are well-versed in the people who hang out in our area, oh you will God. recognize this human being. And I'll just say, I love it. Like... <laughs> Now, I happen to know he had had quite a bit of purple stuff, but I love that. He said, uh, he told me, you know, shoot your shot, man. Like, yeah, this is I mean, forever I, and ever, that's going to be a moment that he'll be able to remember better than yeah. any other fan. And even if all the guys were like, get the hell out of here. This is not your moment. It, he made it a little bit his moment. <laughs> And forever, it'll was be he, able to... What, was he escorted out? Like, did security... I honestly haven't discussed with him how he got back off the field. Uh, <laughs> I but know, I do know that he was not arrested. So that's all That's all I know for sure. So uh, theoretically, he jumps yeah. the wall. Yeah. Jumps into the dog pile. Yeah, with the guys. During gameplay. I mean, yeah, the clock was running. The clock's yeah. running. Yeah. And just magically makes his way back to Scouse's house. Looks that way, yeah. <laughs> I'm not positive he even made it back to Scouse's house. He may have had to, like, you know, meander. I'm not, I don't know all of the ins and outs of the escape. Oh, my God. But I do know that uh, he is out there, and I love it. Like, I'm sorry. No harm was done to anybody. He wasn't running out there as a danger to anybody. No, he wasn't, like, streaking. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, like I say, forever and ever, if you watched Hank Aaron's game winning home run, or not game winning, record breaking home run. The people who have vivid memories of that, you can see in your head these fans who ran out of the field and slapped him on the back as he's rounding third. And 
I'll remember those people. I'll mm-hmm. never know their names. I don't know who they are or what they did. Right. But it didn't hurt that moment for me. I hope it didn't hurt that moment for Hank Aaron. And I hope that our guy being out there didn't damage the moment for our players. But it was... Uh, I, I love that. <laughs> it's, it's it's his moment of history. That's amazing. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I, I'm I'm down. So I love that he did that, and I'm All glad right. he didn't get in trouble for it. And like I say, I'll tell Andy about it and show him the video here afterwards. That's hilarious. But uh, no, so good on you, and ballsy. Good on Man. you, friend of ours. And he basically told me if he'd been arrested, he thought it would have been worth it. A night in jail for a memory forever. Yeah, you know. I've spent nights in jail. It's not that terrible. I can't imagine the team like pressing charges against him either. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. you would have to imagine the front office be like, "Don't, don't yeah. be an idiot." <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, I, I love that. Um, all right, so uh, to move on from our good friend who uh, who made made a spectacle, the goal again was just. It happened at exactly the right time. Like I think that if we'd gotten on towards the seventy fifth minute, yeah, tensions would have started running high. People start getting a little worried. You're thinking, oh man, are we going to have to go to overtime? Is there going to be penalties? Is this going to be a? Am I going to need to go out and buy some tums? Like where are we at here? And uh, instead, just a perfectly timed goal, and then the defense settled in. Uh, they they threw all hands forward at us, and it just still. I mean, they had a couple of opportunities, but none of them looked great. One of them, a header across the face of goal, mm-hmm. which wasn't particularly close. A couple of long range speculative efforts going mm-hmm. over the bar again. I mean, it it just felt like Phoenix could not get anything really going against us. Uh, I read on Twitter. 48 hours after the game, some Phoenix fans who thought that there were maybe some... This, to me, is just the the pinnacle of Sour Grapes fandom. Some guys who thought that there were some calls that went against them that shouldn't have, or that there was... That's every game of soccer sure. ever. Uh, one of them in particular they thought should have been a penalty in the box. I have watched the game, and I'm telling you, I don't... I never saw anything that I thought should have been a penalty in the box, so I don't know what they're talking about. But you know, maybe if I'm if I'm a fan of their team, I'm feeling the same way today. Right. I don't know. Uh, I'm yeah. always just as an aside. Yeah. And I was, was thinking about this today. Do you think as much grief as the refs get? Yeah. Sometimes warranted, sometimes not. No matter what, anybody can say you know it's refing. Like, sure. across sports, it's never going to always go the way that you want it to. There are always going to be those calls that you're like, what? Yeah. There are always going to be those games where, you know, you and I and David are to look at each other and be like, these people are garbage. What yeah. is happening here? Right? It's always going to be that way. But if you're a ref, do you call the championship game super strict? Or is it like, uh, eh, let them play. See what happens. I think that the key... And I'm not a ref, and so, you know, obviously this is personal opinion, but I think the key would probably be to try to ref the game as normally as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. That if you are a person who calls games tight and wants to keep reins on it, then do that. Mm -hmm. And if you are a person who likes to let things go and see how how things stack up, then do that. I think that the minute you start trying to change what you do, Mm -hmm. uh, that's when it's a problem. And in theory, the refs for the championship game are chosen because of their excellence throughout the season. That you, they pick these refs based on who are our, who's our A team. So they do refs. say we should probably have these guys on. It. Yeah. Okay. Oh, the USL or uh, PRO or whoever it is that selects the referees, pro ref, whatever. 
uh, they do grade the refs throughout the season, and then the guys who they they award the championship game to a uh, top quality side. They do try to avoid having it anybody who refed the semifinals, mm-hmm. so that they don't have an opinion about those two teams from those games. But you can have refed other games for that team throughout the year. Okay. And uh, I, I, ultimately, I thought this ref did a fine job. Yeah. I mean, I never once throughout the game thought, what the heck? Right. Like I did a little bit in the Red Bulls game. Yeah. And, uh, and as you do throughout the year. So, I mean, I, I like... To me, the refs weren't remotely the story of this game. The story of this game was two pretty good soccer teams just uh, body blows. They were just throwing body blows each other. There, there were no great headshots. There was no knockout blows. It was just a lot of two good teams trying to find a hole in the other team and having a hard time because the other right. team was good too. And uh, Lou City looked like the better team. And they got the result that I think they deserved. Uh, realistically, if you played that game another nine times, I bet you know City probably wins seven or eight of them. Yeah. And so I felt good about the result. I felt good about the way we played. And I, I, I think it all goes back to sort of Hackworth and what he has said his mentality was, mm-hmm. which was, we're just out there to win. We asked him, you know, do you change what you do stylistically in the playoffs? Or, you know, do you try to impose your will on the other team or try to react to what they do? And he said, we'll do whatever we can to win. If it means playing our game, then we'll play it. If it means beating them at their game, then that's what we'll do. Nobody cares how you played in a final if you win it. You know, after we we interviewed him um, and he said that, when he said, we just need to win. Like, it doesn't matter. Going into the playoffs, I kept thinking about him saying that, and it it gave me this weird confidence yep. in it. Like, okay, so this dude doesn't – he has one goal in mind. Yeah. Doesn't matter how you get there. Doesn't matter what you do. Just win. He's not thinking we want to play, you know, great uh, box-to-box defense. He's not no. thinking we want to play a lot of triangle passing. He's thinking, I want to win. Yeah. And, yes, he knows the tactics and is working on the tactics – but willing to do whatever it is in that game that will get you the win. Yeah. And that makes me feel good. Yeah. I think, uh, I think we're going to be really, really happy for a long time. Which I, I think we will. Worth. I think we will, too. Um, can we talk about Drogba for a second? I don't see why we wouldn't. I feel like you kind of have to, right? Yeah. So, going into the week leading up to the game. Yeah. That Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. First off was a nightmare. Because days just drug Oh, by. such long days. Just drug by. Right. Yeah. And I would talk to people who had never, had been to a few games, mm-hmm. um, and you would mention, and they would say, well, who are you, who are you guys playing? Yeah. Oh, Phoenix Rising. And they go, well, who are they? The Western Conference champions? And mm-hmm. you would mention, oh, you know. Drogba. Yeah. Drogba's on their team. And there were a few people who stopped and looked at me, and, they, and they'd go, Didier Drogba? <laughs> yeah, that like, guy. Yeah. The Drogba. Right. The Drogba. Not Carl Drogba. No, no, no. Yeah. It's who you're thinking of. Didier Drogba. <laughs> and they'd, they'd say two things. In no particular order, but always two things. They'd say, that dude's a legend. Yeah. Right? And then they would say, and again, this is people who don't go to the games regularly, sure. who aren't as involved. And they would say, I don't know, man. <laughs> and sure. every time one of them said that, I would A, I'm sorry, I'd A, be like, you know what? Fuck you, first off. Mm-hmm. B, I don't care what who it is. 
the team that is about to face us, I don't care if they're the Western Conference champions, they've never played us in playoff mode. No. I don't care who you have on your team. You've never seen Louisville City in playoff mode. And they uh, they rise to that challenge. Uh, yeah, I was, su- I was surprised leading into the game that uh, – on all of the websites and all of the polls and uh, in a lot of non-Phoenix, non-Louisville circles, mm-hmm. it seemed to me like Phoenix may have been the popular pick. I think a lot of that's the Drogba effect, mm-hmm. that there are Chelsea fans everywhere. Right. And uh, I guess. Uh, but, I mean, even like USL people. I remember uh, Nipun Chopra, who mm-hmm. I have a great deal of respect for, enjoyed my interview with him a lot. He thought uh, that Phoenix would get us, and uh, 538 did not agree. <laughs> 538, 538 thought Lou City was a 70 to 30 favorite, yeah. and that clearly uh, their statistical models were a little bit better than the uh, than the eye test that other people are giving us. Yeah. We live in this insular world where. You know, it's an echo chamber for us where all right. I'm hearing right. is Lou City, Lou City, Lou City, Lou City. And uh, yeah, it. Uh, I, I got a little, I'm not a, I'm a little ashamed to say that I got kind of butthurt about it. Yeah. Because, <laughs> hey, don't talk about my team that way, bud. <laughs> sure. <laughs> don't talk about the city that way. Come on. Right. And B, so the next, <laughs> I saw them the next day, this person who will go unnamed. Uh huh. And he was like, and I got a little, got a little snippy with him <laughs> because he was like, he said, hey, you guys won last night. And I was like, we did. Yeah. We did. He was like, how'd Drogba look? <laughs> Not I was good like, enough. I was like, look, yeah, it was Drogba. It was cool. Yeah. He, I got to watch Drogba take a corner Yeah. from like 30 feet from me. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. And he was like, yeah, he's pretty great. And I was like. I'm sorry we had to make a punk out of him. Really? <laughs> and I thought that he played I'm sorry, bud. I thought that he played perfectly well for their team, uh, just not well enough to win. No. And, and he you could tell he was gassed. The last oh, 20 minutes of that wiped. game, yeah. that dude was tired. Wiped. I mean, he's a 40-year-old who only played 11 games this year. Yeah. He's he's tired. Yeah. yeah. I don't blame so him. Felt a little good rubbing salt in that wound. Trying to play 90 out. minutes. I like though that a lot of the story leading up to it was about how this was his last game, mm-hmm. how he was retiring, how that mm-hmm. was over. And then uh, the day after he announces he's coming back. So, okay. Like, and I say, if you've got the fire to do it, come on. Yeah. Go play. You've earned the right to play as long as you want. And it's not like he was hurting their team. So, you know, come back. No. He had some he had some great, yeah, some had, great midfield had, moves. He, he had was, maybe he, he either had or created their two best scoring chances. Absolutely, so, absolutely. You know. Those free kicks, um, they looked good. They're impressive. The the first one was the rest of them. I thought, you know, come on, uh, yeah. put it on frame, old man. You have but, to think. Uh, 10, 15 years ago. Maybe that thing dips at the that end. That goes in, yeah. yeah. But uh, no, he uh, he played fine. Lucid, he played better, and that's yeah. all that really matters. So. Uh, we hold on. Mm-hmm. They announced three minutes of stoppage time, and I'm just, you know, chomping at the bit. I'm chomping at the bit. But it ended abruptly to me. Like, it didn't – that three minutes seemed to go by very fast. I guess oh. I was just so focused on the ball. We had a couple of really nice clearances to waste yeah. a lot of time, like long clearances Yo, that people yeah. had to track down. And, uh, I mean, so the time felt like it actually went by pretty fast for me. When just, you watch the replay um, – 
they actually blew the whistle at 257. I oh, watched really? it a few times. <laughs> they blew the whistle at 257. That's funny. <laughs> Those refs were like, you know what? We're done here. This is we're over. Just, we're, we're done here. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and then champions again. Champions I again. I couldn't believe it. I'm still, to this moment, I'm a little, little. <sighs> so I did, I got to go out on the field mm-hmm. for the uh, for the trophy presentation and for the, the celebration. Uh you know, as a member of a supporters group, and obviously as a co-host of a podcast, and uh, I've I've gotten we've gotten to know some of these players a little yeah. bit over the course of the year, and we've gotten to know some of the front office and uh, the auxiliary personnel over the course of the year, and I, I consider several of them friends or friendly at the very least. I tried I tried very hard to keep in mind while I was out on the field there that this is not my moment. Right. Because all I wanted to do was yell and scream and jump and go grab the cup out of yeah. just just grab it. Yeah. Like it's all I wanted to do because to me like you were saying, you know, that they needed us. <laughs> but they didn't need us. They took advantage of us being there, but they did yeah. not they they didn't need us. This was the team that earned this. And so I, I was really in the back of my head the entire time. I was saying, you know, don't get too amped. Don't right. be running up and trying to hug these guys who want to be hugging each other. Yeah. Like, just let them have their time. And uh, you can congratulate them appropriately at another time. Uh, I mostly followed suit with that. Sean yeah, Francis I, is the sweetest. Oh, and my he God. Came, <laughs> and, I love that. <laughs> and so Fight Club came and gave me a big hug. And uh, some of the other guys that we're friend- friendly with yeah. uh, also, you know, gave me a, gave me a little bit of love. But mostly they had eyes, eyes for each other and good for them, yeah. you know. I did get to stand there under the confetti, which was cool. And, you know, I, I, uh, the, I'm in the press corps and it's about 40% Louisville and then 40% Phoenix and mm-hmm. 20% National. Mm-hmm. And so they're not, like, jumping up and down with the team. Like, after the Eastern Conference final, everybody who was out there was Louisville people. Right. And so we're all just jumping and going crazy, too, the media and the front office personnel. But this was not that. And so the press corps was not jumping up and down. And I am just like, <laughs> ah! Ah! I'm just in, in my head. I'm screaming as loud as I can. And instead, I'm just, I was, like, almost golf clapping. I was just very... Good for you. I'm very proud. I want to scream. I'm not gonna. And it was a cool moment. And uh, then after they had gotten to do their uh, pictures and dancing around with the cup and lifting the cup, which was an awesome moment. Two years in a row for Paolo to lift that cup. So proud of him. Of the whole team, obviously. But I mean, how cool is it for Paolo as the captain for two straight years to get to lift that? After the year he had, Mm -hmm. being a co-coach. I mean, this was... And then another co-coach scores the goal tonight. George Davis had a renaissance year. Yeah. Last year, he was sharing a lot of time with Mark Anthony Kay and Richie Ballard. Yeah. And this year, George mostly just played. If they took him off, they took him off for a defensive replacement. Right. And uh, I thought that uh, we're going to do some team breakdown in pods over the course of the summer. So I'm not going to go too deep into what kind of years they all had. But so pleased for Paolo getting to yeah. raise that cup after this oh, season. Yeah. This was this had to have been a brutally difficult year for a captain. Absolutely. Not only do you have to coach for six games in the middle of the year, but also you know, captaining through a transition from one coach to another, captaining uh, while trying to coach, captaining uh, under a new regime, 
And also, frankly, he got his position moved. I mean, he got moved back to be playing a defensive mid-style that was not his normal position throughout the course of the year. And uh, getting to see him hoist that cup was special. Uh, so I'm coming off the field. Mm-hmm. Walking off the field, everybody's still out there, you know, dancing and partying. And I know I want to get to the parking lot and party with my friends now. Like, right. it was awesome to get to see this, but I'm ready to go party. And... Uh, I'm walking off the field, and there's a guy standing at the corner, and he's the security's not letting him in. He's saying, "Yo, come on, come on!" And uh, it was Sean Reynolds, <laughs> and and I was and I hope that it Did wasn't you vouch for. Him? <laughs> I didn't vouch for him. I gave him my media pass. I no okay. longer have a media pass. I just took it off my head, put it over his head, and turned to the security guard and said, "Oh, he's covering this for USL," and she just sent him out. And so I hope that he had a blast partying with them. He told me thank you a lot at the after party. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming the guys weren't pissed that he was out there or anything. So uh, uh, I, I was pleased to be able to get to do that for him because he was looking a little forlorn that oh, they wouldn't let him out on the field. What a sweetheart you are. Uh, honestly, I didn't even think about it until later. I was like, gosh, I hope there's nothing else the rest of this year I need my media pass for. <laughs> Just call him. Uh, actually, he said he lost it. At the after oh, party, okay. he was like, oh, yeah, I lost that. I was like, okay, whatever, man. But um, it was cool. And then the uh, the after party. Oh, man. Like, frankly, the walk to the tailgate was awesome because everybody's still going nuts mm-hmm. and everybody's partying and dancing and drinking and carrying on. Mm-hmm. I don't know how... I don't know how cool I should feel about this, about having known where the party was going to be. I don't know if that got posted online. I don't know if that got, you know, bandied around to everybody. It seemed like there were not too many fans at this thing. When I looked back on it, Mm -hmm. it was like there weren't a ton of fans. And so I don't think it was just like common public knowledge that this was where the party was. But we did get to go to where the team and the the group was partying afterwards and – that was a special and cool thing, getting to see the guys in their just purest form of excitement oh, and exhilaration. Yeah. No. I So <clears throat> we actually left, and I got to bring uh, Adam from Odeon. Yeah. Uh, Great bar. Amazing bar. Uh, so we went back to Odeon. Okay. And had some drinks there. Had some purple stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. And... Adam, uh, Odeon, you've been there, and if you you know if you're listening to this and you've been there, you know it's pretty low key. Yeah, it's a it's a cool vibe. It's not a woo bar. Not a woo bar. Um, Adam pours us some shots of purple stuff, of course, and he looks at me and he goes, "Do you want to scream city real loud?" (laughs) And I was like, "Brother, it's your bar, dude. We do (laughs) do whatever you want." And he did, and like we all just screamed "City" as loud as possible. Right? That's awesome. And so, eighty percent of the crowd that was in there kind of gave us a weird look. But you, you know, it's like we're with the owner, so calm down. Right. And then from the back of the bar, we hear this other City! group start screaming "City," <laughs> and we all look back, and sure enough, there are probably about seven or eight people decked who had out, clearly purple. just come from the game. That's awesome. I was wondering where you were immediately after, because then you joined up with us. Yeah, uh, well, later in the evening, my wife gets very sleepy, and uh, (laughs) we went home, and uh, she went to sleep, and I kind of I I got a text from your wife, Uh aha, 
and uh, I did the hey hey baby, <laughs> I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna go out again. <laughs> Is that okay? <laughs> and she gave me the uh, nonverbal okay. Yeah. Uh. And so I yeah, and so I locked the door and, and went up there and uh, I, yeah, I was very surprised. I thought I was gonna be walking into just a ton of people. Yeah. And it was not that. Right. Instead, I walked into a room full of, you know, you guys yeah. in front of the house. And the player, I was like, oh, so. <laughs> well, that was the thing to me was, again, I'm not trying to, like, name drop and be important. When I drop, you know, Brad's name or the player's names or Lance's name or whoever, I'm generally trying to say, this is where I got the information I'm giving right. you. Isn't right, that cool? Right. I'm not trying to say, how cool is it that I get to hang out with these guys? Although it is, yeah. but, uh, and, and so I, I assumed like you did that it was going to be just like a madhouse of city fans. Yeah, I thought they, and then I got yeah. there and it felt kind of like a private party, Yeah, which was cool. And, um, I was in a state. Yeah, you were. <laughs> I had, uh, I had drank more than my weight in purple stuff yeah. over the course of five hours, over the course of nine hours, yeah. I had drank, basically starting at about five, after we got done hanging the flags in Scouse's mm-hmm. house, I, I went to work. Yeah. It was awesome because the guys, like all the players, clearly like, they all had jackets on and like their suits. Like, yeah, they, they all got dressed like up. They great. <laughs> Alexi did something that I wish I could pull off and it doesn't surprise me that he can't Oh, pull I know. Off. It's the coolest look. Oh my God. The dark turtleneck. Underneath the blazer, yeah, and I was like, "You're like the only person I know who can actually." Yeah, there aren't many people who can make that look work, and it helps to be, you know, a professional athlete and swarthy and French. Yeah, like all of those things played in his favor oh, for being yeah. able to pull that look off. And uh, under the influence of a great deal of purple stuff, I'm pretty sure I cornered every single person and told them how amazing they were and how we couldn't have done it without them, how they were the complete key there were, to our entire season. There were a few guys that I got that, you know, had been on the show that I like. Yeah. Like I hung out with Alexi and I got to hang out with Tosh for a while. Sure. And Pat, you know, Paco, of course. And But there, for the most part, I tried not to be the super fanboy mm. around people like Speedy mm. and Greg, who I didn't, who I don't know. Right. I, I'd settled at one point. Uh, I was walking one direction, and Luke was walking the opposite direction, and that was the the peak of me of my of my inside voice saying, "Don't don't forget, don't forget, don't forget." <laughs> and instead, I was like, "Hey, man, thank you, great game." <laughs> that was it. <laughs> Well, that was the key. That was the problem for me was that I had no filter for that. Even guys I had never personally spoken to a word. I'm pretty sure I lured them into dark corners of that uh, establishment and was just like, you're so... Throughout the whole year, I tried to maintain at least some modicum of professionalism about this and that I was, you know, just so proud to be a part of it in our small way. Mm. And that night, I, uh, after that many drinks and that much excitement... I, I let it all. I let it all come out because yeah. uh, I have no doubt that there are members of the front office who've never met me before that night who uh, were walking away going, "Who was that oh, drunk sure, dude? Yeah, who was that drunk dude?" And so, to all of them, I want to say a firm thank you, and I'm sorry because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, I'm still hungover from that night. We've got some pretty good pictures. There's a great picture of you and I with Sean Francis. Yeah. 
our our uh, our, our favorite. Just, our favorite. Oh my gosh! I loved all the guys we met and all the guys I met that night. I loved all of them. Sean Francis was uh, holds a special place in my heart. At one point, so I ran into Tosh and I actually got to I got to give him the high five and the hug. And did he Hulk out for you? So I have this great picture because where we were standing. He was. He looked over. He was like, "Do you want to get a picture with me with the cup?" I was like, <laughs> "Are you out are, of your are, mind?" Of course. I want, are you serious? And so we walk over and we pick up the cup, which that thing feels good. Mm-hmm. Holding that cup, that feels good. Yeah. Pick up the cup and we do our normal, like the you know, we're each holding the side, sure. smile, and then he turns to me and he goes, "You want to Hulk out of this cup real quick?" <laughs> Like, of course I do. So I have this great picture of us holding the cup and flexing with the other <laughs> arm. It's so great. And I will post them. You ready for this? Yeah. I will post them on my Twitter. On your Twitter account? Oh, yeah. Andy getting Twitter? Only only for Louisville City stuff. <laughs> Love That's it. it. Love it. Don't follow it. any politicians. No. Don't follow any movie don't, stars. No, I don't care. I don't care. Only I will follow City. the things that keep me informed about Louisville City. I've whittled my Twitter following down to basically USL, Lou City, and uh, uh, I, I do like following my favorite writer, Shea Serrano. But other than that, I really don't follow anything because it's all Twitter. So, I can't wait. Have you picked a handle? I have not. This, I is, will, this is momentous, So this people. is why I'm bringing this up now. Mm-hmm. Okay, A, because I know Lance is going to love it. Yes, he will. Um, Brad can stop giving me guff about it. <laughs> um, but I would love to open the floor to anybody who listens mm-hmm. as far as suggestions for a Twitter handle. Okay. So, people, any listeners, you go ahead and post on either the Scouse's House Twitter or on my Twitter, The Yeard, and go ahead and post what you think Andy's Twitter handle should be. I can't wait to hear what Lance comes up with. I can't wait to hear what all the people come up with because there have been a number of people who get confused that, you know, I get tagged in all of these things and then it's like the Yeard and Andy. Yep. So uh, I, I'm, I'm so excited right this now. Is this it. is brand new news to me. This is it. Okay, so we'll, uh, where are we at on time here? Mm-hmm. I have intentionally tried to make 49 minutes, then we're in good shape for where I want to go here. Uh, I've intentionally tried to make this sort of a fan experience mm-hmm. uh, podcast tonight. Mm-hmm. That this would just be us being able to bro out about yeah. uh, the we experience we had. Coin. No coin toss. We should have a little bit of purple stuff now. Okay, a little bit because I mean that's that's just tradition. I had very little left. I did too. But uh, okay. um, so I hope that everybody that we went anti-format tonight, and so uh, I hope that everybody's kind of okay with that. The purple stuff that I want to talk about, though, is still fan stuff. I'm not trying to give too much news. Uh, I'll only say that the main piece of USL news this week was that uh, Cincinnati swept the postseason awards. They got the manager of the year for coach, Cock, Coke, Coach, Coach. Alan Koch. K-O-C-H, right? Yes. Coke. Cook. It's Coke. There are a lot of... All right. Alan Coke. And uh, uh, Ledesma won the uh, Player of the Year, and Forrest Lasso won the uh, Defender of the Year. Yeah, all of that fine, just fine, cool. They were they had a really nice season, and they didn't get a star. Uh, I, I think that a really strong argument can be made for. Paco to have won Defender of the Year, and I think a really strong argument can be made for Cameron to win, but neither of them did. We just send them off with you know a lovely star, so fine. 
Uh, that's the only real piece of interesting news news that is that is broken this mm-hmm. week that I care about. Uh, so let's talk fan stuff. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, we missed both of us missed the official we did rap party last night at Headliners. I had a lovely dinner date with my wife mm-hmm. because she, I owed her huge mm-hmm. for how much she let me do uh, Lou City stuff this year. Yes. And so uh, after the party we uh, threw down with on Thursday night, I didn't really mind missing this mm-hmm. one. Although, yeah. although you know, I watched the video of it because I'm a dork and it looked cool. And I'm happy that the guys got to have fun with the fans Absolutely. one last time. Uh, the reason I wanted to transition right when I did, though, was we got a message on Twitter mm-hmm. right before we went on the air. It's fortuitous. Like, literally... Moments yeah. before we started recording, Lance, Lance McGarvey, the Golden Pipes, the voice of Lou City, El Oso himself, mm-hmm. uh, posted that they're doing Soccer City Radio this week. The Saturday morning radio show will mm-hmm. be being done at uh, Tattoo Charlie's mm-hmm. out on Preston Highway, live remote, and they're inviting people to... Uh, to join them and uh, hang out for the show, and uh, if they so choose, to make appointments or get in on getting tattoos. He then sent us a specific message saying that uh, he encouraged us, if we were interested, uh, to join him Mm -hmm. for that. I'm not going to try to put any kind of pressure Mm -hmm. on you who I know has his own tattoo artists, Mm -hmm. your own guy. Mm -hmm. You are quite inked up. Uh, I'm not going to put any pressure on Brad, who maybe in a bourbony haze one night agreed to something that maybe he chooses not to right now, and that's his business. I'll say that I said I was going to get a Lucidity tattoo if we win. I have never gotten a tattoo. It's I'm so in much the, fun. I'm in the same boat as Lance and Coach Hack. Right. And so, uh, and it looked like Kevin Kernan also going to mm-hmm. get his ink on. Mm-hmm. I. Will not be joining them at Soccer City Radio on Saturday morning. Uh, not because I don't want to do this with those guys. I would love to participate with them. But uh, because I have an enormous commitment on yes. Saturday that will require quite a bit of my time and attention. Got to talk about making your wife mad. Yeah, no. If I, if I decided I was going to run out that day for four hours to go and get a, a Lou City tattoo, I think I would have a revolt on my hands. Mm-hmm. I 100%... Stand by my word and promise that I will get the tattoo. I will likely go when you do, uh, when we make the decision of when, and uh, when you, uh, you know, hold my hand and talk me through it. We'll go and get it. We will Sorry, throw, man. we will throw the option open to our uh, our partner in Pact. Mm-hmm. But uh, if he chooses to get it with somebody else, or if he chooses just not to get one at all, I don't have any objections to that. And so. I'm still very excited about it, but I will not be joining Lance on Saturday morning because I got I got I got some stuff, some prior yeah. commitments. And you will not be joining Lance on Saturday no. morning because you go to your guy. Yeah. Who is your guy? You want to throw a little love to your guy? Yeah, man. Um, John Haas at Acme. Okay. And where's Acme? It's on Bartstown Road. Yeah. Frankly, if you live in Louisville and you don't know where Acme I've lived in Louisville for five years, but I've never gotten a tattoo. Well, it sounds like a lot of your problem. It does. It's about it's about to be correct. <laughs> no, um, my wife and I both go to him. Um, he just does great work, and Acme is a Louisville staple. And yeah, 
you know, I'm a believer in loyalty. So. I understand. I think I've finally decided firmly that I'm going to go upper shoulder. Yeah. I'm going to go upper shoulder. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like it's a meaty area that will probably hurt me less than uh, some Shoulders other. Shoulders don't hurt. Yeah. And uh, also, I'll want to be able to display it when the sun is out and my guns are out. Right. But I will also want to be able to, uh, you know, professionally uh, mm-hmm. disguise that I have it. So right. I think that's where we're going to go. Okay. I'm, I'm extremely excited about it. I'm ready. Probably, you know, maybe a, maybe a pre-Christmas treat we go out and okay. do that. So uh, sometime probably early early December would be my guess. I'm going Sunday. So You're going Sunday? <laughs> it take, takes walk-ins on Sunday. Man, you're going on Sunday? <laughs> I can't go on Sunday. I've got another commitment on Sunday. All right, well, maybe Sunday morning-ish. We'll see. All right. Well, then maybe we're going sooner, so we'll see. But uh, all right. Um, I would never do this for anything that I didn't completely and utterly believe in. Okay. Like, I if Lou City tomorrow folds up shop and says, hey, listen, we're completely out of money and we can't do it. We can't build the stadium and we can't whatever. And, mm-hmm. you know, this is over and thanks so much and bye. I would still on Sunday go and get this thing. Because I completely believe in what these guys did. I'm so proud of mm-hmm. the city and the team. Mm-hmm. I want badly for the sport of soccer to do well in America. Yeah. I want badly for the city of Louisville to do well in all things. Mm-hmm. And this was just such a perfect encapsulation for me of what sport can be, the excitement it can bring to people, how it brings people together. I'm friends now with people that I never would have known if it weren't, wasn't for this. Yeah. And uh, I'm just so excited about what the future of this club holds. But even if it had no future for what they've already given me, I'd still happily put that crest on my shoulder. Are you going to get color? I think I have to. I think I have to. Are you going to get color? Mm-hmm. No, you're going to leave it black? You're going to leave it uh, the, well, the, so just the where black I'm, outline? Where I'm putting it um, is on the inside of my arm. But like, we talked about this on the, on, joint, uh, on the joint podcast. Uh, but what I'm going to do, because it will be on the opposite side of the Kentucky tattoo I already have, yeah. it seems fitting that I put it on the inside of my arm uh-huh. and then just have... I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to go ahead and have him do a whole half sleeve. and Just like... On Sunday? Maybe not on Sunday. <laughs> I was going to say, this is suddenly sounding like a full day operation. It wouldn't take that... I don't know. I think I'm going to get the full color. I think I'm gonna get, so I'll have to go online and get the color wheel mm-hmm. and uh, all that jazz. It won't matter. No? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> He's, they eyeball it. It's not going to. He okay. doesn't like have. He doesn't pull out his ink tray and is like, uh, the number six. No, no. He, he's going to eyeball This it. is suddenly not sounding that professional to me, Andy. That's all of them. They all do that. Uh-huh. I'm not sure I can commit to this anymore. If I can't have the official colors... I'm going to make so much fun of you if you don't do this. Oh, my God. <sighs> All right. Um, I'm curious to see what you're like in a tattoo chair. I imagine I'll be nervous. I imagine I'll be drunk. No, I'm kidding. Um, I imagine... They don't I'll, let you do that anymore. No, and, they, and that's smart. Yeah. Uh, I imagine I'll be nervous, but uh, I also imagine I'll be excited because I am excited about this. I, I'm, more than anything, I'm worried that I'm going to love it so much that I'm going to get tons. And yes. that this is going to become an expensive pastime for me. That's what happened to me. Uh, I think my wife is still sort of fitty-fitty really? on, on her excitement level about me doing this. 
Frankly, I think that there is maybe some part of her that thinks that if I was going to finally break through and get a tattoo of one yeah. thing in my life, that it maybe should have something to do with her. Well, that's the other one. Yeah, well, maybe that'll be the next one. There but, you go. Uh, uh, she never made me a bet. So, <laughs> um, we, We're really excited about the future of this show also mm-hmm. and what we uh, hope to be able to do, uh, assuming that uh, Scouse and the team... Let us continue uh, to provide this for you. We had so much fun with you guys this year. Yeah. So much so much fun meeting all of the fans that we got to interview, all of the journalists that we got to interview, all the players in the front office. Uh, getting to be a part of all of this was just... It has been a distinct honor. Unbelievably special. Yeah. Um, we are going to go to every other week. Mm-hmm. I think that we're going to start with some positional reviews. We'll start with the uh, goalkeepers next week, talking about what kind of year our goalies had. Mm-hmm. And that's that's exciting stuff. But uh, I we're gonna work with Barrel Proof and try to make sure they're going other every other week. Also, we're gonna try to alternate with them yeah. so that people can have at least one Lou City pod all summer, if that or all winter, if that's what they're looking for. Um, I imagine we'll go back to every week once the preseason starts. Yeah. Um, it's just been a lot of fun, man. Uh, yeah, it's been this has been great. 39, I guess, or 40, something like yeah. that. Uh, and there's still the Lost Podcast. And the Well, I count that as one of the official podcasts. Yeah, but, I mean, we got to release it's, it at some point. Uh, it's out there. Maybe maybe on a week when we're both on vacation there or something. Maybe Christmas week, something like that. Here's a really shitty podcast <laughs> that David not did. In the middle of the season. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know if we'll be on next week or, or Barrel Proof will be. and uh, We'll either be on next week or we'll be on the week after. Um, I hope that uh, you guys didn't mind that we sort of went off the rails for this one and that it was maybe a little bit more about Andy and I's experience than about the game itself. But uh, we couldn't help it. We, yeah. it. We're fans, man. That's why we're here and why we're doing this. We're fans. And I couldn't be a prouder fan. I couldn't yeah. be a prouder fan of this team. Two in a row, man. I hope that looking forward, we can expect quality, similar quality from this club. And uh, I believe that we're in good hands to do it, like I said from the beginning. But whether we go, you know, back to back to back or whether we, you know, fall out of the playoffs next year, I'm, I'm city till I die, man. This team has earned earned it. This organization has earned it. Especially after this season. Yeah. Gosh. Uh, I don't have anything else to say. Do you have anything else to say? It's going to be a long winter with that. <laughs> it's going to be a long winter with that soccer. Amazingly, though, March 9th is not, like, crazy far away. No. March 9th, we've got some stuff to distract us between now and then. There's, there's good stuff. Yeah. Things uh, and also, I imagine we'll have quite a bit of city news throughout the year. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna see some player signings. We're gonna see some player leavings, and uh, I imagine that uh, Scott Stewart and the great press department over there is gonna do a good job of leveraging yeah. this championship to make something special. And, and next year, do we? Next year? Yeah, we got we we go through one more year, and then the new stadium. Stadium, which. Can you imagine what it's going to be like in August next year when that stadium is oh like three God. quarters built? And we're, we're looking at – so that will be a big part of what we do in this offseason is sort of monitor the uh, yeah. stadium construction. We'll start pestering everybody that we know to let us in there and uh, check things out. And whew, 
that's going to be ex- as excited as I was this year. Imagine next year when there's actually, oh my gosh, you know, construction. Yeah, real construction, not just demolition and pylons. No, yeah, construction. Anyway, champions again, champions. We are the champions. Two stars. Two stars. Two stars. Back to back. I think that uh, this season, this podcast, and everything about it only deserves one thing to be said, and that's how we finish every podcast. Go Go City! City!